I, as I was getting ready today and kind of feeling a little bit slow, and then uh, my wife told me a story after I had um, come down here to work already. She had put on some Christmas music uh, to have in the background for the kids, and our youngest proclaimed, no more Christmas. No more Christmas. Uh, and it was also a fight to get her here. <laughs> uh, well, that might be some of our sentiments, and it's kind of a, a bit on the sad side, just because um, the rest of the world has been celebrating Christmas for about a month now, and we just started <laughs> in the church year. Um, last night was our first Christmas service. And uh, we have to kind of walk that tension now of still celebrating our 12 days of Christmas leading up to Epiphany uh, while everybody else is shutting down the Christmas music and taking down the tree and, and moving it out of the house. Well, um, as we think about what the actual message of Christmas is and as we start to take apart all of our decorations, one of the major and most important parts of decorating any house uh, deals with the lights. Uh, you, you put lights on the tree. Uh, somebody in our congregation boasted that they still use candles uh, on their tree in some dangerous and, I don't know, maybe that's their way of living on the edge. Um, you know, so the, the, the lights are an important feature of it. And this, of course, traces back to what our readings were about today, that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The reason we celebrate this season when we do is because in the darkest time of the year, we need to remember that the light of Christ has come into our lives. And this is something that has uh, been on my mind for a while. It's um, kind of an illustration that I've started to work with and, and even have written a couple of blogs about for different people regarding this is the fact that the scripture calls him the true light. And the true light is not a familiar phrase in our world anymore. People really aren't too interested to have very much illuminated. <laughs> Darkness provides a kind of cover for people that they can hide and hide away. But the interesting thing about light is that it it is something that is piercing, and it pierces into the darkness. And if, if the light that you have in your life is not the true light, then it must be faux light, fake light, created light. Let me, let me give you the example of what I mean by that. I was reading an article yesterday in that they were saying today is the day that um, cybersecurity people are most afraid of. Because um, today, everybody gets their new gadgets. You know, a lot of people will be opening phones or, or smart watches now, uh, tablets, computers, things like that. And as they do that and they're setting it up, they're not really setting up all the security that goes with it. And they're less careful about how they are operating online. And so the hackers are able to more easily and readily get into different Things. I'm not a software person, so I'm not going to pretend. But think about the light that comes from all these gadgets. Turn on your television in a dark room, and what is the tint and the color of the light? It's, it's a blue color, right? It's a, it's a blue color. Not a, not a color that originates with the sun on the spectrum of light. 
It's not the light that is often used to illuminate a lot of things. But even now, looking at, oh boy, even our screens up front. <laughs> Blue is generally the color used. And it gives you a sense and an impression that it is a light that is actually created. So let me take this point a little bit farther. Where is it that you get your truth? More and more, the world, and even, dare I say, ourselves, turn to these screens of blue light to find our truth. We only believe what certain people on the television will tell us to believe. We only will follow those things that uh, the companies are creating to have for our entertainment on the screens. In fact, it, it's gotten so uh, heavy in our culture that we have become addicted to the screen itself. To where we can't turn it off. If we walk in a room, we have to turn it on. We have to turn on something to hear that noise and to have that screen on and that light pouring on us, showing us, telling us, informing us, dictating who you are now, what you're supposed to think, what skepticism you should have and where you should turn to for your truth. And not only does it stay there at home, but follows us around in our pocket to where if we're bored at the doctor's office, we've got to look and check through everything there. The screen has become so dangerous to us, this fake light that has come into our world, which really is nothing new under the sun. The enemy has continued to come up with new ways of bringing fake light into people's lives. This is just the more modern version of it. But we even turn to it now for our relationships. Finding in it fake, hollow images and relationships there that replace our marriages, replace our need for connecting with other people. What light? Is finding prominence in your life? What light is it that you actually turn to to tell you about yourself? To lead you in your self-examination? What light are you turning to to find your righteousness? John is writing in very confusing language and, and language that doesn't fit a lot of our modern language or modern thinking. But he is writing to a people who know that they are walking in a great darkness. And they need real light. Light that's not created. Light that's not one of our own making. Light that doesn't shine in our specific ways to keep certain things hidden. But light that breaks through all darkness. They needed a God to come into our world and to really illuminate our lives. A light that 
does not discriminate in our life between the good times and the bad times, the sins and the righteousness. It looks at all of who we are, exposing all of it. But not just for the purpose of exposure, but for the purpose of healing. The purpose of forgiveness. Fake light will only get so far in our lives. And most of the time, it's used to just distract us from our lives. Jesus has actually come for your life. Bringing light that not only exposes, but begins the process of healing and restoration. It's a light that does not go out. Scripture tells us and continues on about this theme of Christ being the light, that even as He comes to return for us, the thing that He will be known by is His great light that comes, illuminating all the places of the earth, uniting us all in that light. The mystery of Christmas is how can this light come to us? in such a humble form. Fake light is often known by its arrogance, its self-assuredness, its imposition that it thinks that it can somehow break into your life. True light comes in humility. It comes in a way that only God can come to us without sin, without any part of darkness mixed in but only in its purity. John says of us that we are the ones, because this light has come, that are now called the children of God. John says to us that this light of the world has come to dwell among us so that we will never have to be in the darkness again. We will never have to turn to these fake lights that only bring about confusion. But John tells us of a light that is so pure that for all that have it, it brings life. Your light has come and has dwelt with you, exposing not just who you are, but healing who you are and leading you to the time when the light in its fullest will brighten this world. Amen? Amen. Amen.